con la familia, les saludamos en el nombre de Cristo Jesús, el luz del mundo. Hey family, we greet you in the name of Christ Jesus, the light of the world. In fact, this week we're pressing into a new series of conversations called Light of the World, where we remember that Jesus has come and is coming again as we prepare our hearts, our minds, our homes for all of the reality of what Christmas is and means for us. If you've been journeying along with us, you've received an invitation to pick up an Advent kit from us, one that has all kinds of opportunities for you and your family to press in in this season. As part of that, you will notice a candle that looks a lot like this one. Now, if you haven't had a chance to come by and get yours yet, that's okay. We encourage you to check us out at heritageqc.com for information on opportunities to get your Advent kit this week. But if you do have this candle or one like it nearby, we invite you now to prepare to light the candle that's near you. As part of our gatherings each week throughout this series, we're going to pause at the beginning of our time together to light a candle as a reminder of the light of the world as a reminder that the ordinary space we're in has become sacred space because Father, Son, and Spirit meet with us as we gather in this way. So grab your candle and let's light it together in the reality, in the knowledge, in the truth of hope, that hope is ours because of who Jesus is and what he's done. That hope is ours because he is here. And so, in the heartbeat of hope, we invite you to press into worship with us today, celebrating who Jesus is and all he has for us, even now. Let's worship together. Every 
friends, I want to invite you into a prayer moment, and I want to use an Advent prayer that is crafted around the idea of sort of a prayers of the people dynamic. That is to say that this is a prayer that's crafted with an outward focus. It gives us prompts and handholds to really sort of direct our prayers outwards and pray for things that we see around the world. And so I want to invite you into this, and in fact, we're going to share this a little bit later in the week on social media because these prompts that you, you can sort of make it your own. You can kind of lean into your quiet time and, and just allow the Lord to, to direct your prayers uh, around each of these categories. And uh, I think it, it'll just be a, a wonderful tool for you to use in this season. But for right now, I want to pray this prayer over us, mostly as it is, uh, with maybe a few of my personal riffs 
And, uh, and let's just lean into this moment. Let's join our hearts together as we pray this intercessory prayer. Oh God, our hope, we rejoice that you became flesh and made your dwelling among us, even as we long for your return. As we wait, our hearts overflow with gratitude for the beauty of creation, for falling leaves and crisp air and sunrises and sunsets, for the work that we see in the world, for signs of peace and reconciliation, for our community and its leaders. We, we give thanks for their leadership, for your work accomplished through your church, for all of these reasons and so much more. We give you praise, O oh Lord, as we celebrate the first coming of your son as a helpless child, we also yearn for his return, for the day in which there will be no more sorrow or pain or death. Today, we remember in prayer that nations of the world, we remember those in authority and we pray specifically, God, that you would give the, the nation's leaders discernment and wisdom and grace and peace as they deal with decisions that they need to make. We pray for needs in our community and those needs are abundant and they're everywhere. And we pray for you to lean in and, and direct your church to help, uh, help accomplish those needs. We pray for the church universal, its mission and those who minister within it, local congregations and its ministries. We, we pray specifically for churches uh, including ours throughout our community who are seeking to share the good news of Jesus here in the Quad Cities. We also lift up our own particular needs and I wanna invite you friends to just uh, pause for a few seconds and lift up those needs that are closest to your heart. We offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our source of hope. Amen.
Well, hello, friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, for many of us, well, actually for all of us, we're coming out of just celebrating Thanksgiving and likely for lots of us, it looked different than past Thanksgivings. And so um, we understand that there is just a space that we're all in of sort of grieving the things that aren't as they usually are and and yet also trying to be present to what is happening around us. You know, as we come out of the Thanksgiving season, we enter into that season of living in between. Um, we kind of move from Thanksgiving as we step into Advent, which this Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, and we'll talk more about what Advent is in a little bit. But as we journey in this in-between and we kind of look at the season between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, uh, the reality is for all of us, there's going to be a space of lament. And I recently heard um, someone say that one of the most life-giving things we can do for ourselves in this season is to hold on to lament and hope at the same time. You see, lament is to... It's really the posture to name the stuff, honestly, that's going on around us and to go ahead and be present to that and to grieve that. But then hope says, even though that is my circumstances, I am believing that with Jesus, the best is still yet to come. But I think the challenge for us often comes in really taking inventory around us and going ahead and just lamenting and naming things. Naming the loss, the, the sickness, the grief, the being alone. Maybe you're facing uncertainty about the future. Having COVID fatigue out the wazoo, I know that I am feeling that. And yet I know that as a community and as a country and as a world, we're not out of the woods yet. 
You see, I think our temptation is, is that we feel like when we honestly name what is, we're not sure that God is really big enough to take that, that he's strong enough, that he's caring enough to intervene on our behalf. But friends, I want to remind us that he is. He is for us. Hebrews 16.9 reminds us that he is the hope. He is the anchor for our soul. If you take nothing else out of this message today, I hope that you hear this word from God. He is your hope. He is the anchor for your soul. But there's a reality check for us in that, isn't there? We still have to navigate disappointment in life. And so how do we do that? How do we do that in a way that's honest and true to what is happening, but, but still present to what is happening, and then still bringing God into the equation, letting God be God in our circumstances? Just a little bit ago, we sang a song in our worship time called Raise a Hallelujah. And I want us to consider that word hallelujah that we sang out to God as we worshiped. What are we declaring when we read that word, when we say it, when we sing it? We are literally saying praise to the Lord. We are choosing to ascribe glory to the greatness of God no matter what is happening in our circumstances. And so friends, I wonder where in life do you need to raise a hallelujah over your circumstances and declare the goodness of God to be enough. You know, as much as we want COVID to be, to be behind us in 2020, to just be over already, friends, we are not done yet. And so we are all going to have to wait a little bit longer. And I confess, and I think you might join me in that, that we confess that we are weary, we are tired, we are exhausted and I just want to pause right now and, and say, especially to our healthcare workers and our first responders, we see you. We know that you have borne a particular burden, a huge burden on behalf of our society over the last several months. And we want to say thank you. Heritage as a church has been praying for you. We are standing with you. We are so grateful for the sacrifices that you are making. Many of you have even sacrificed your own personal health to care for others. You've risked bringing, bringing sickness back into your family. And we are, we are grateful. We don't take that lightly. We need you. Um, and we just want to say that, that we see you and we are praying for you. But I think whether you're a healthcare worker, a first responder, whatever you're navigating in life, we are all faced with this weirdness of navigating the most wonderful time of the year in this diminishing reality that we're living in. You know, for many of us, Christmas actually centers around this gathering together, and we have all these traditions that are really designed to be done in the context of community, like getting family together and decorating the Christmas tree, uh, baking grandma's special recipe of whatever it is. It might be Christmas cookies or gingerbread or maybe even fruitcake. But the reality is that some of those things won't happen and then we're gonna run into empty spaces in our life and, and we're all gonna get to choose our posture in navigating 
that disappointment, that empty space. You know, for us as a family, we've spent almost two decades um, in our Thanksgiving time getting together with Sean's great aunt and uncle and other extended family, and, and we weren't able to do that this year. And so Thanksgiving looked different, and it was definitely more subdued, and it was, it was more quiet, and there, there was an emptiness. And so I think all of us can relate to that. But as we wait for there to be a season where being together is more possible and and more welcome, I think that there's this invitation that we have to recalibrate our hearts to a different rhythm. There's different touchstones that we can embrace this Christmas and we can actually maybe get to the meaning of this Christmas season a little bit differently. As a church, we're inviting all of us to walk together in an Advent journey. Each week, um, we're going to be interacting with the themes of Advent. Um, we've had Advent kits available at our Rock Island campus and over at Bettendorf. And in our Bridgepoint lobby, every day you can stop by and you can pick up an Advent kit that will help you um, recalibrate your heart, your life rhythm, your family's life rhythm in a different way and invite Jesus into this time of waiting in a profound way. If you haven't received one and you'd like to, um, you can contact us and we're happy to put one in the mail to you or it'll be available on our website um, and you can just download that information as well. But we do encourage you to walk this practice of Advent with us. So let's talk a little bit about what Advent is all about. You see, the church has been celebrating Advent for hundreds of years. The four weekends before Christmas, we remind ourselves as Christ followers that we are a people who not only celebrate the arrival of a baby in a manger, but we also are a people who expectantly wait for his return. We live between two advents. Jesus has come and Jesus is coming again. And so we wait, but we wait with hopeful expectation. You see, the twinkling lights and the candles everywhere remind us that Jesus is the light of the world that came to dispel the darkness. This theme of light is what originally gave birth to the Advent wreath and lighting candles as part of the practice of Advent. And so every week we're going to celebrate a different theme as we pause to light our Advent candles together. In just a little bit, we'll be lighting the first Advent candle, the candle of hope. You know, like the people of Israel, we often find ourselves, and we certainly find ourselves now, living in this in-between and needing to be reminded of where we find hope. You see, the people of Israel were anxiously awaiting the arrival of the Messiah, for they knew that the Messiah would come and deliver them from their oppressors and their, their time of oppression. God-appointed people um, called prophets in their different times of oppression to be, to be the people who would, who would remind, uh, remind God's people that, that there was hope, that they would be, that he would fulfill his promises to them. See, prophets were the heralders of hope. They reminded people of their need for God and that there was always a way to return to God. 
Prophets really did three things. They spoke to the people in their own time with a message that was directly from God. They foretold of future events like the coming of the Messiah. And prophets also spoke a living, eternal message to all who would ever hear. That's us. Prophets of old speak a word that is living and active and relevant for us today. The prophet Isaiah is, is one of the prophets that most strongly pointed to the coming of Christ. The book of Isaiah is laid out in, in 66 chapters. And, and there are different sections, and there's kind of three periods of time that Isaiah is talking about as he points to Christ. And so he talks about the coming of Christ, the incarnation, Christ coming as a baby, and then walking the earth as a man of sorrows to die on a cross. And then he points to the reality that that, that Jesus who was crucified, that Messiah who came would be coming again. And so we're going to look at Isaiah together throughout this time of Advent. And we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This is during the reign of King Ahaz. And Isaiah is kind of in a back and forth with the king. And the king is wanting signs that Isaiah is really a messenger from God. And, and this is what Isaiah says to, to him. He says, all right, then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and she will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's one of my favorite, favorite names of God, that he is a God who is with us. He is a God who put on flesh. When, when Jesus um, arrives on the scene, it is the, it is the God-man, um, Jesus the embodiment of God with us. And so Isaiah speaks these words in Isaiah 7, 14, and then hundreds and hundreds of years go by and generations of, of the people of Israel come and go and come and go. And they're looking for the Messiah and they're feeling like there's all this darkness. They go through periods of oppression and conquering and they're looking for the hope that the Messiah brings. And then we hear this silence broken with the angels speaking these words to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 to 33. The angel says, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never and the angel told Mary these words in fulfillment of Isaiah 7, 14, and to give her hope that even when it didn't seem like Jesus was actually the fulfillment of the prophecy, even when she would look down at that baby in a manger, she would, she would know that this doesn't look like the fulfillment of a promise, but this is the coming king. This is the Messiah that was promised. Friends, I think sometimes we're in danger of missing out on God's promises to us fulfilled because they don't look like what we expect. We're looking for them to be magnificent and amazing, and actually sometimes they show up in the quietness of a baby arriving on the scene. 
Friends, one thing that we can know for sure is that God always keeps his promises. No matter what is happening around us, we need to let this truth get beyond our head and sink into our hearts that God always keeps his promises. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, let us hold unswervingly, let us hold tightly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. When we go back to the story of of the people of Israel and Isaiah and Isaiah 9 verses 2 and 6 and 7, Isaiah is talking about the plight of the people. And he says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. You know, there's a saying, it's always darkest before dawn, which isn't even true. But we say it anyway. Really, midnight is the darkest hour. And really, after midnight, there's this slow dawn that is coming. But there's this moment when the light breaks through on the horizon. And I think this is what Isaiah is getting at when he's, when he's talking here. And it's really what we so often experience. For my friends, once we lived in darkness But for those who have experienced the light and love of Christ, no matter how dark the darkness is around us, we bear the light of hope. Because our hope is in a who, not a what. Our hope is in Jesus. It's in the Jesus who came to be with us, who took on flesh because of love. Friends, if you're listening to this message and you're feeling like, man, the darkness is heavy around me and I'm not seeing the light that you're talking about, I don't feel like there's hope. Oh, how we long for you to be in relationship with Jesus and he longs for that even more. If we can connect with you and serve you in any way in your journey, we want to do that. And so if you're feeling like, man, I really want to know my next step. I really want to know that hope in Jesus. You can text FAITH to the number on the screen and we will just kind of start walking a journey with you. Or if you want to talk to a pastor, you can call the, the number on your screen and there'll be a pastor who will interact with you immediately because it is so important for us to, to not let anyone languish in the darkness. We want everyone to know the light and the hope that is Jesus. You know, recently, Sean and I had the opportunity to, to actually kind of hang out with Bob Goff in a pretty small group. And I've heard him speak 
uh, a number of times and I've read his books and and I wasn't sure, honestly, if he was the real deal. Like, is he really like that up? He is so positive and so happy. And I was like, can somebody really be like that in real space, just hanging out in a living room? And the answer is yes, you actually can be. And Bob Goff is that guy. And, and I love his message about hope and about um, love and, and just his willingness to want to meet people right where they are. Not so that they know him, but so that they know Jesus. But he says this about hope, and I just thought it was so powerful and just kind of captures everything we're talking about today. He said this, hope doesn't go to sleep just because it's dark outside. It lights a candle and stays up waiting for the rest of the story. Friends, we get to be the ones to light a candle and bear witness to the rest of the story that God is writing in our lives and through them. You know, I, I know in my own life, there are, there are spaces where I'm still waiting to see how God finishes the story. And for many of you, you can relate to that. And so you've lit a candle for, for the prodigal in your life that you're waiting for them to come home. You're holding space and you've, you've lit a candle as you deal with a, with a health diagnosis that might seem grim or not hopeful. And so you've lit a candle and you're waiting to see how God is going to write the rest of that story. For others of you, you've, you've made a decision about the next step, but you can't see beyond that. And so you've lit a candle and you're waiting, hopefully, with anticipation to see how God is going to finish the rest of the story. Friends, this is what I know to be true. In Romans 5, 5, it says this, hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because we know how much Jesus loves us so much that the Godhead sent Jesus. Circumstances may disappoint us. Things will happen in life that disappoint us, but the invitation is to recalibrate our hearts, our minds, our life experiences into the hope that is Jesus and to trust that he's working, even in the things we don't understand, even in the story that isn't finished yet, that we'll just hold that candle and that space and hold on to hope while he writes the rest of the story. For unto us a child has been born, unto us the Son is given. He is our wonderful counselor, friends. He is our mighty God, our everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Hallelujah to our coming King. We have hope and his name is Jesus I know that you may be finding yourself weary and you're wanting to lean into this hope, but you're feeling cautious and you're kind of like, oh, can I really trust? Here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Call a friend, text a friend, someone who can encourage you and pray for you or be that friend for someone else. Go on a walk. Walk outside, look around at creation, say a hallelujah, breathe in and breathe out and embrace hope. Talk to Jesus. 
Stay in the word. Don't give up. He alone is our hope. We're going to transition now to a time of of lighting our Advent candle. And as we do that, I just want to invite you to maybe get in a posture of just holding out your hands to receive the hope that he wants to give you. Maybe you've interacted with our Advent kit and you've built your own wreath. And so this might be the time where you want to light your own candle of hope. And so we're going to invite you to just start to prepare your heart and your spirit for this practice of Advent that we're engaging in together. This season of Advent gives us the opportunity to practice waiting, waiting for the light of Christ coming in the dark places of our world and coming into our lives. And so we light the candle of hope and we remind ourselves of Isaiah 49, verse 23b, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Let's pray together. O Emmanuel, in the dark places of our lives and in our world that we want to avoid, we confess that we feel quite hopeless. And Jesus, I wonder where you would want to shape us, what new birth you have in mind for us. God, where are you inviting us to light a candle and wait with you to see how the story ends? Give us courage, we pray, not only to wait for you in these hard places, but also to be alert with expectation. Holy Spirit, make us alive to the hope that your light will soon come and that something new is on the way. We declare that we trust you. We pray this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, and in the name of Holy Spirit, amen. I heard about this baby boy Who's come to earth to bring us joy The Son of God sent down to save the world There was no room for Him to lay But in a manger filled with hay God's only Son was born on Hallelujah Sarshon bright up in the east, a 
cry to those who would believe a sign of hope and shining proof of your love. The prophecy, the night fulfilled, a baby boy to save the world, Emmanuel and Savior.
not climb, but in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory.
No matter where we are or what we're facing, we know we have a living hope in the person of Jesus. I'm so thrilled we get to press into these days, this journey toward Christmas together. As people of hope, as hope is awakened in us, the truth is we become uh, more and more connected with God's heart. God's heart of radical generosity. And so we want to remind you of the many ways that you are part of hopeful partnership together when you give through the ministries of Heritage Church as we connect with agencies and organizations and others all over the region as they offer hope in tangible ways. If you'd like to give, again, we encourage you to go to heritageqc.com or choose Give on the Church Center app. We're so thankful for you. We're thankful for what God is doing in and through you in these days. And we wait with hopeful expectations about what is to come. We'll see you soon. Declare the grace.